written a number of books, uh, and I read them about 20, 25 years ago, and uh, was quite happy with what he was saying because he was he thought outside the box. <laughs> it wasn't what you get in normal books. He was actually thinking outside the box, and uh, it was good to hear him last night. But he was down in the Gower Peninsula in Wales, and uh, Ruth and I are going there next year, so I'm looking forward to going. And there's the place where is said to be the origin of the Celtic religion, or, or, or that's the wrong word I'm using, but you know what I mean. And the boat that arrived at the Gower Peninsula came from Ephesus, where Paul and Timothy and all these had input into the church at Ephesus, and apparently this boat arrived from Ephesus, landed in the, in the Gower Peninsula, and the first building that they built was a roundhouse. And it's still standing, apparently. So I'm going to be looking forward to going to that roundhouse next year, God willing. But what he said was that the influence came not from Rome, but it came directly from an extension of the church at Ephesus. And in the roundhouse, there was just pews round, it's round. It's a roundhouse. So that there was pews just round the outside of the, of the wall. There was no seats like this. It was in a circle. And if you had a, a word or a, a tongue or whatever you felt God was saying, you were allowed to go into the center of the circle and proclaim that word. I would love to get back to these days. Yeah. You know, I, I would. I would love to get back to these days where we were in rows, we are in a circle, and uh, I remember doing a conference uh, in Stirling, and we broke up the conference into regions of Scotland so that we could hear what was happening in the different regions around Scotland. And we, I ended up leading the Highlands and Islands. And uh, there was uh, about 13 or 14 Free Church of Scotland ministers came to the conference. And, uh, and because I'm live, I'm not going to say what I thought at that time, but we were in rows. And the atmosphere was so stifled. It really was. And as a preacher, you quickly recognize that there, there's a barrier. And I've preached in some, some places where I've had to preach through a glass wall. I could see the congregation, but there was no connection. So I said to them, let's just change your position. And I put them in a circle. And immediately the atmosphere changed. Immediately, and the, the sharing that went on was just wonderful. And I would love to delve into more of, of the Celtic tradition. I, I really would because I believe that they practiced the pure religion, if I'll use that word, of God. They had no uh, barriers, they had no uh, blinkers, they had no li uh, 
limitations. They knew exactly who God was. They knew who was living inside of them. They knew what the pure gospel was. And they went from Wales over to Ireland and then from Ireland up to Scotland and then eventually went from Scotland, I believe, down into to England. And uh, I would like to trace that path. Uh, and uh, but just to, we need to get we need to get back. We really need to get back to what the word of God really says. You see, most of what we hear sometimes is opinion. This is what I think this verse means. But we need to get back to being controlled by the Holy Spirit. That when we read the word or when we preach the word, we are preaching in the fullness and overflow of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God breathed the scriptures. So we don't need the opinions of men. But when we are reading the scriptures, we have the author within us. You know, but how, how often we, we live under a delusion. I, think, I don't know who wrote the book, The God Delusion. Was it Hawkins that wrote that book? The God Delusion? But I believe today in religion, there is a massive God Delusion. That they expect God to be in their midst, but really they they speak as if they've got life, but there is no life in them, they are dead. And that is Sardis. And a lot of the the, the religion that we see today is Laodicea. But God is looking for a company who will know that they are secure in God and God lives and dwells in them. You see, when we believe that God lives within us, it makes a, a huge, big difference. We sometimes put God up in a chair in the corner, a throne in the corner, and we think we have got to bridge that gap. And so religions invented steps to bridge the gap because where we are and where we think God is, that's a delusion. Yes. I want to say that is a delusion. Amen. We know that God dwells in heaven too. We know all that. But we also know that Jesus said, we will come and make our abode in you. And so, if we believe that God is up there and we're down here, how do we cross that chasm? How do we cross that gap? So religion invents means that allows us, as we think, to cross the gap to, from where we are to where we think he is. And all the time we don't, there's no gap. Because we are in him, <laughs> and he is in us. And so we should be the most powerful people on the planet. 
There needs to be a radical shift in our thinking. The devil wants to deny you believing that truth. He wants to keep you with that chasm. Where all the time there is no chasm. Chosen in Christ from before even creation, from the before the foundation of the world. We are in him and he is in us. We are part of the circle of the Trinity. We're not part of the Trinity as such, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but we have been invited in to share in the fellowship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Come on, folks, there needs to be something radical shifting. And there needs to be radical shifting in this room. Because we believe it up here. But we need to start believing it in here. The place where the Trinity dwells within us. This isn't, this isn't heresy. This is pure scripture. We will come and make our abode yeah. in you. <laughs> so folks, we need to start living this. These are not words on a page. This is a relationship that God wants us to experience day by day. He wants to take the words off the page and make them a living reality. He wants to make them a living reality. And I want to, I've got some notes here, I don't suppose I'll, I'll get near them, but uh, that just that word that that, uh, that, uh, that Bill used, I get this started up, that word that, that Bill used, when he was introducing what he was saying he said he called us friends and I want to continue in, in John chapter we've done some 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 teachings on John 14, where Jesus says, everything I do, you can do, and even greater works than that. There's an interesting verse that follows that, because we try to imagine what the greater works are. How can we do greater works than Jesus? You know, and, and, and there's a verse in Acts 19, I think it's verse 10, I'm not sure, but there's a verse in Acts chapter 19, uh, I think it might be verse 10, that there's an extra word put in where it says that God did extraordinary miracles through the hand of Paul. You know, isn't that interesting? That word extraordinary, not usual. They were usually seeing the normal miracles, 
But Paul was used by God to do something that was extraordinary. And if you read the rest of the chapter, you'll find what the extraordinary miracles was, was that Paul did not have to be present when the miracle took place. It says that they brought aprons and, and handkerchiefs that Paul blessed and they took them to wherever they were needed and the miracle could took place and Paul wasn't even present. If, I, my, if my memory serves me right, there was only one time that that happened with Jesus, with the nobleman's son. But in all other, other miracles, Jesus was present. And when Paul, when the, Luke writes the book of the Acts, he's got to find another word because this was a, an extra extension of what the miracles that were taking place had to be. Because most times when miracles take place, the person is present. But there's a new extension to this, that the person didn't have to be present when God worked. It still works with Paul, but through the hanky and the, the aprons, that they, they took out. Isn't that extraordinary? We should be so overflowing with the Holy Spirit that after that great prayer meeting in Acts chapter 4, where the house shook and the Holy Spirit came and they were all filled again with the Holy Spirit, there was an extension to what was happening. Because if you read out through chapter 4 to chapter 5, you'll find that there's an extension to how the miracles take place. Because it said that they brought the sick out onto the pavement so that even Peter's shadow killed them. Wow. Peter was so overflowing with the Holy Spirit and the presence of God in his being, that his shadow healed. Folks, that's our heritage. That is our heritage. That was not just for Peter. And other things were not just for Paul. They were demonstrating the real, true Christian life. We have a wee bit to go. Our mind needs to be renewed. We need to renew our mind so that we, we destroy the delusions that's upon us. Because it's the delusions that's upon us that keeps us from activating the fullness of the Spirit within us. <coughs> so the writer to the Romans, Paul says, do not be conformed to this present even world. Because that's what the devil wants. 
He wants our mind to be conformed to the circumstances that we find ourselves in. But Paul then goes on to say, be not conformed, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the key. There is no other key that will release what's already in you. When you get your mind renewed, the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus, uh, and the Father does not then come into life. He's already here. Right. He's already here, but because our mind is conformed to the, to the great delusions that are out there about God, that we start to limit God. And we try to bring God down to our understanding. But by the renewing of your mind, and we're going to speak a wee bit about that as we progress this morning, as the Holy Spirit gives us unction to do this. But it's by the renewing of your mind that activates what's already in you. Who was activated this morning? I want activated this morning. I want to be activated to live in the fullness of who lives in me. Oh, that's amazing, isn't it? Because it's only, if you read more into, into Romans chapter 12 where you find that, you'll find that it's only by the renewing of your mind that you start to understand the perfect will of God. So if our mind is not renewed, we cannot know what the perfect will of God is. And therefore, we think we should go this way. We think we should go that way. We think we should do this. We think we should do that. But if your mind is renewed, you will know what the perfect will of God is. You will know what the perfect will of God is. Wow. Let's turn to John 15. We've looked at John 14 a few times in the in this past. I was going to put a, a title on my my talk this morning. It would be praying from a place of victory. You see, when we understand these things, we then start praying differently because we're not praying out our circumstances, we're praying from heavenly realms. Wow. So I'm not going to speak much about prayer this morning. I want to speak about the place of victory that we have when we pray. Not out of weakness, although we can be weak when we pray. Not out of illness, and we can be ill when we pray. But praying from the place of victory. Everything 
has been settled in heaven. Amen. Come on, folks. Everything has been settled in heaven. Therefore, when we pray, we pray from that place of victory. Come on, folks. This would, this would completely revitalize our prayer life. But I want to see what the start of this is. Well, one of the starting places is John 15, and I want to read verse 15 to you. It says this. Listen to this now. I want your minds to get blown this morning. I really want your minds to get blown by the Holy Spirit this morning. I don't want you to just hear the words this morning. I want you to activate and live what is being said. It is possible. This way of life is accessible and it's possible if your mind is renewed and you realize who you are. Christ in you. It says in verse number 15, you, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know the master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. Now listen at this next phrase. This, this next phrase should make you jump up at your seats. I'm watching. But this next phrase should make you shout hallelujah. For the next phrase says this. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. Wow. Come on, folks. Everything, not some things, we're speaking about, about the Son of God here as a man on the earth and everything, everything, everything I have learned of my, from my Father, I have given it, shared it with you. Yes. That is awesome. That is absolutely awesome. That here is an invitation to experience the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, the purpose of God, the plan of God, the revelation from God. This is the key. Everything I have received from my Father. Everything I have learned from my Father, I have made known to you. We have a divine capacity to receive the secret wisdom of God. Come on, folks. Come on, folks. Paul tells us in Colossians that we have that increased divine capacity to receive. I'm just going to read it to you because I want to get it right. It's, it's Colossians chapter 1. I'll get to our notes later on, but uh, 
I feel the Holy Spirit is really working here this morning. Look at this Bible. It's, it's a sweat of my hands. It's, it's, got, it's missing. If I have to read from, I'm going to have to read from, from Colossians 3 later on. I'll have to get somebody to read it because half of the verses are missing. But I didn't want to give my Bible up because it's been, it's travelled with me the whole length of Scotland. But it says in chapter 1, in verse number 9, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you, asking God to fill you. Asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. We have a divine capacity to be filled. <coughs> to be filled with what God wants to... These are amazing, isn't that? These are amazing verses. And they're not words on a page. They're what we should be experiencing every moment of our life. The life of Jesus was a demonstration of our life. And so here in John 15 is telling us that everything that he did in another place, he says, all the words that I speak are the words I've heard my father speak. And everything I do, I have saw the father doing. And now Jesus is, is promoting his disciples into that place where they can receive revelation from the father. It's an invitation to come up higher and to know that you have the capacity now to receive the words that the Father's saying and the actions that the Father's doing. Come on, folks. This is the invitation. This is the gateway. This is the doorway that takes us into this life which is radically different from the life we're living just now. The Holy Spirit is inviting us this morning to take up this invitation and come through. Because not only are we friends, but the legacy of the Father is sons. And he says, no longer am we going to call you servants. Because a servant lives his life working out the commands. There's no, there's no relationship with whoever's giving the orders.
Ruth and I have been, I've stopped watching television completely. I really have. I, I, I don't know the last time that we've, I've sat down and watched anything. Like, but we'll, we'll, we'll be watching some box sets at night. And I never saw Downton Abbey when it came out the first time. But we'll be watching Downton Abbey. And it illustrates that verse entirely. No longer do I call you servants because you've seen the great divide in the history at that time. Upstairs and downstairs. And there was, there was no relationship, really, between the upstairs and the downstairs. And Jesus said, I want to take that away from you now. I want to take away the thought that you're servants or slaves. And I want to promote you to being friends and sons of the house. Jesus. We just love Jesus. That he takes us up into the place of being able to receive these things. Going back to John 15. We now have access to exactly the same things that Jesus has access to. It now makes sense when Jesus says, whatever, whatever I've done, you can do. At the time when we read that, it, it seems, what was, the, what was the pathway to that? You see, Jesus is in the upper room. This is the last time he's going to be meeting with his disciples before the cross. John 14, 15, and 16, and the great high priestly prayer in John 17 are the last real words that Jesus gives to his disciples. And they're important. Because at the end of John, it says, if all the books that could be written were written, they would have filled the whole earth. I'm paraphrasing the verse. So if there's enough books written that could fill the whole earth. Isn't it important that out of all these books, we have these, these small amount of, of, of books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that show us a picture of who Jesus is. So every word in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is significant because they've been drawn out from all the books that could be written. So these words of Jesus are really important. They're not just words. They're invitations. They're open doors. He's declaring accessibility. But because of a great delusion that's upon so many Christians today. The devil wants to keep us from believing that we have this access. He wants to keep us, as I said, with that, that chasm. 
And I want to tell you, folk, there's no chasm. Twenty-four hour access, seven days a week, three hundred and sixty-five, sixty-six days a year, depending if it's a leap year. And the radical the teaching this morning is renew your mind so that you're able to access everything that Jesus has said. Father, I pray this morning that our minds would be renewed. That every stain and blot that the world has put on our mind, we ask you in the name of Jesus that it would be removed. That our eyes would be open to understand what it is to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That every stain of the world would be removed. And that our mind would be renewed. We cry on you this morning that we would be a people of renewed minds that bears nothing of the world. But our minds were purely concentrated on you and on heavenly things. That each of us would walk knowing what your perfect will is. And that we would see our lives transformed. That even our shadows would heal people. Even bits of clothing that we touched would heal people. That people would cry out to you as we passed them in the street. That people would say, if I could only, only touch that man or woman, I know that what's in them would be transferred to me. Oh God, renew our minds this morning to believe what your word is saying to us. Cleanse me, oh God. from every taint of the world. That will be like the, the Celtic saints of old that didn't count their, their, their life 
they were prepared to die rather than be tainted with the things of this world. Our hearts are heavy this morning because we know that we've allowed a delusion to come into our lives that hasn't allowed us to live like this. Lord, I'm praying that the, the delusion is broken this morning. That we not only speak words of life, but we live them for your glory. In Jesus' name, and for your glory, Amen. Let's these closing moments just having prayed that prayer. I want you to start believing that you're living a life that's without limits. I want you to start believing that you're living a life that has no boundaries now. Because you have access into the divine presence. Where there's no limitation. And there's no boundaries. God is God over all. Hallelujah. God is God over all. And therefore he's inviting us this morning as friends and sons to come into this way of living. That the life of Jesus would just shine out from us. That the glory of God would be reflected on us. Scotland deserves to see a people like this. Your neighbours deserve to see a people like this. Glasgow needs to see a people living a life like this. And Scotland deserves to see a people living out of the fullness of the Father heart of God. And John 15 gives us that access. If you've got your Bibles, let's just look at that, these verses in Acts in Colossians chapter 3. You may have to shout out a verse, or a word or two for me, because I think this is one of the most used parts of my Bible. 
and the pages are missing. Colossians chapter 3, sorry. All I'm going to say is stop praying for what you see in the physical and start praying for what you see in the spiritual. Because we've access to it. We need to stop agreeing with our circumstances. When we start to agree with where we are, we'll stay there. <laughs> We're agreeing with the devil. Because everything that happens to you is not, all, is not always the will of God. A lot of circumstances you find yourself in is not the will of God. It's not the cross you've got to bear, as, as you hear some people saying. You see, we have the ability to see what God's doing. And when we see what God's doing, that changes how we pray. <sighs> this is what it means to have a renewed mind. Set your mind on things above and not on things below. See, that takes us up into a far higher place, doesn't it? I like what the message says, if I've got that here, I'd love to, to remember what the, the message says about, about that. I might not have it here. Uh, If I remember right, what it says is this. Set your minds where Christ is and see what he's doing. Set your minds on where Christ is and see what he's doing. We have the access. Do not be taken up with things on the earth. But folks, we have the access into the very presence of the divine to see and understand what they're doing and what they're saying. And we're able to bring that out of that place and manifesting it here on the earth. I'm going to close now with just this, this one statement. We need to upgrade or elevate our thinking that it agrees with God. Amen? Amen. Renewing the mind allows you to start thinking and agreeing with God. Stop agreeing with your circumstances. Stop agreeing with everything that is of this world because we have the access by invitation to be in that place 
where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God and to set our things, our minds on things above and not on things on the earth. For your life is hid with Christ in God. Hallelujah. Eh? For your life is hid with Christ in God. Hallelujah. And that's what gives us the access. There's no chasm. There's no ten steps to the presence of God. It dwells within you. And you can start agreeing with what the Spirit is saying, what the Lord is saying, what the Father is saying. And you pray then from that place of victory and not from a place of defeat. God bless you. I'll preach my notes sometime. Hallelujah.